Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJL General Contractors. SJL General Contractors is licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee. This family-owned business provides mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you're in need of any of these services, you can contact them at 931 933-4660. That is 931-433-4660. If you'd like to be employed by this family-owned company, three W's and a dot, sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. The conversation had bled over into lunch. I was speaking at a youth rally in Spartanburg, South Carolina, and when the children had gone to their individual discussion classes, I was allowed to teach an adult class for a breakout session. And oftentimes when I'm speaking at youth events, I get to spend time with the parents and the youth ministers and the youth volunteers and and talk about things that involve uh, cultural issues, uh, things that are you know disturbing to the parents, uh, both biblically and and from a psychological perspective, and and we were really discussing about you know how we have our kids engage with people who share diametrically opposing worldviews, and, and basically a very complicated issue was that un, until you establish the fact that you know we're on the same page, there's some conversations you can't have. A person with a God as the creator worldview probably can't have discussions with people about morals and right and wrong because they don't believe that there is a God that offers those structures and those strictures. And a person who doesn't believe in God is not concerned about his law or the things that he says. And, and so any of those discussions is basically going to be moot in its point or pointless. Um I will add that, you know, one of the consistency principles that I try to talk about is is that if someone espouses the belief that they don't believe in God, and if you believe that we're just an evolved species, then let's quit talking about right and wrong and good and bad and, and fair and unfair and equal and social justice. Because if there's no God and I'm just an evolved animal, then the only thing I'm really worried about is is my genetics and my place on the food chain. Why does a lion eat a gazelle? Because they're on the menu. And a lion eats the slowest gazelle, and the, the slowest gazelle deserves to be eaten and doesn't need to pass on those slow genetic traits. And it happens every day, it happens unapologetically, and it happens repeatedly. And so we discussed some of those things, and, and we carried the discussion into the lunch hour, and we were sitting around the table, and, and we talked about teens and, and emotional dysregulation, that the reason teens can be up and then down and then down and then up is, is because they view the world in a very strict black and white viewpoint. Uh, if you take the continuum, that which is ideal and that which is unacceptable, in a teenage mind, ideal and unacceptable are separated by a razor-thin margin. And and there's no no man's land. It's either perfect or it's miserable. If I didn't get to do everything, I didn't get to do anything. If I didn't get to do one thing, you've never let me do anything. If that boy or girl is no longer my boyfriend or girlfriend, I'll never have a boyfriend or girlfriend again. 
if I didn't make the the starting line on the team, I shouldn't even played. If if I'm not sitting in the first chair, I shouldn't even be in the band. And and the adolescent mind works that way. Uh, the adolescent mind uh, is more sensitive to uh, threat. The threat receptor in the adolescent brain is is hypersensitive, or maybe even more developed than it'll ever be the rest of our lives. And, and so teenagers deal with everything as a threat. If I don't have the right shoes, I'm, I'm, I'm at threat. If I don't have the latest version of PS whatever or the Xbox, I'm at threat. If I don't have the latest version of the iPhone, I'm at threat. If I don't have that logo on my shirt, I'm at threat. If I, Everything is threat, and how do we respond to threat? We, we respond to threat with confrontation. So that's why a lot of our interactions with our adolescents is, is confrontational because everything makes them feel threatened. And then the question comes up, how does a person like that ever grow into a normal adult? Uh, we got asked one time at a, at a conference, uh, uh, it was, we were talking about things uh, in, in psychology and, and in the break, one of the guys came up to us and he said, so what is the exact clinical distinction between adolescence and mental illness? And and we really couldn't offer much of a distinction for him. And that's not to say that teenagers are mentally ill. It just means that that is such a unique, creative, explosive, unbalanced time in their lives that, that sometimes they, they do come across as being, uh, if not mentally ill, at least super eccentric. Well, so we're having this discussion about the teens and there was this young lady at the table, and she had an enchanting smile and sparkly eyes and that tiny little frame that you associate with the pre-K teachers. And sure enough, we had a little kindergarten teacher there. I think she said she taught uh, at a K-4 school. And she said, well, I've got this little boy under the age of four, and when we go outside to play, he repeatedly runs into the chain link fence. He runs into the fence and bounces off, and that's a game he plays. Can you understand his behavior? And I said, well, apparently you've never pretended to be a velociraptor. And the adults looked at each other, and then they looked at me, and then it was like, oh, that makes perfect sense. He's pretending to be a velociraptor, and that's that's what velociraptors do. In the Jurassic Park movies, the, the velociraptors were running into the fence and testing where the electricity was so they could escape. Well, if you're four years old or younger and pretending to be a velociraptor, what do you got to do? You spend your PE time running into the fence to see where it's weak with the electricity so you can get out and eat people. That's just the way us velociraptors roll. Now, maybe it's a little too telling that you know I know how to pretend to be a velociraptor. Well, you take your shirt sleeves and you tuck your elbows inside them and you touch your elbows to your ribs and you have those little short arms and you bend over and you can really have a lot of fun pretending to be a velociraptor. If I don't understand that you're pretending to be a velociraptor, then your behavior looks really weird to me. But once I understand the game you're playing, and I don't want you to take game you're playing as, as a negative connotation. If I understand what you're pretending to be, and I'm not talking about somebody being disingenuous or being hypocritical when I say pretending to be. 
if I understand the image you have of yourself, then it explains your behavior. If you could see how I see myself in my head, and if you could see how I see myself in my heart, you would look at my behavior differently. And if I could see how you see yourself in your head, and if I could respond to how you see yourself in your heart, I would respond to your behavior differently. You see, having context for behavior is very important. I think the statistic is that 70% of people's emotional attempts to be involved in emotional conversation, 70% of that, people feel unheard, misunderstood, and rejected. Suppose that when I evaluated your behavior, I could get a glimpse inside your head or inside your heart and and, and see what, what, what game are we playing? What are we pretending to be? And if we had that conversation and and you felt heard and you felt understood and you felt accepted, how different would our interactions be? How positive would our interactions be? How non-judgmental would our interactions be? If I just knew you got me, Oh, he understands what I'm pretending to be. He understands the rules of my game. He understands the vision I have in my head and in my heart about myself. I'm not talking about buying into someone's delusion. But if I could just simply take the time to engage with you, and when I see you running into the fence, not say you're bizarre, or you're weird, or you're destructive, or you're dysfunctional, or you're stupid, or dumb, or ridiculous, or silly. If I saw you running into the fence and I could ask you, have you found the weak spot in the fence yet? And when you escape, what are you going to hunt first? And by the way, You know I know you're not a velociraptor, but you know that I know you're pretending to be a velociraptor. And if I had a conversation with you that said, hey, it looks to me like you make a pretty good velociraptor, you'll talk to me. And we might get along well enough that we might play together. But not only play together, we might talk to each other better. Or better yet, we might actually listen to each other. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones, Cognitive Spiritual Development 
a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem, grappling with life, controlling your inside space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian jiu-jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense, If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones, and then The Selfish Real, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots. Don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page, 550 Guys, to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones Podcast Adventure. Thank you.